Magic Harmony. Welcome to Wild Magic Harmony. Join us each month as we explore divine feminine soul tending and goddess-centered self-care for your whole being with Bee Priestess hosts, Melissa Belliard and Deborah Faye D'Onofrio. You'll hear intriguing conversations, inspirational interviews, humor, live intuitive readings, ritual and meditations, bringing you real-time healing, transformation, and well-being. Well, hello and welcome to Wild Magic Harmony, our podcast. This is episode five. And today we are going to be working with um, some amazing um, subjects. With the time of year, we really uh, wanted to touch in about um, what some people call Halloween. We call Samhain as we talk about the Celtic New Year, where the threshold of uh, life is thin between the two worlds of the living and the quote unquote dead or the the undead maybe we should say or the un is that what the undead yeah and we're going to be talking about um some other powerful subjects including uh ancestors ancestral healing and grief work we have a very special guest that we are thrilled to have caitlin mccann who's going to talk to us about her grief work practices as a healer and a mentor a teacher and a wise woman so we're thrilled to have her and as always um, i'm here with my sister co-host uh, be priestess Melissa Belliard, and we're going to begin as we like to uh, by setting sacred space and create a sacred circle for us to all work within. So um, I invite you to sit back and close your eyes for a couple of minutes and bring yourself into a centered space of awareness, taking a few deep breaths in and out at your own pace. And just allowing yourself to arrive here with us in this circle of sacred intention and light, a deep space that we always hold for healing and presence. Just letting distractions fall away letting thoughts of whatever it is that you might have been doing before you came to sit, just drift away like clouds in the sky. Making room in your belly for the breath to move in and out. And if you need to at this time, just take a moment to notice how you're feeling in your body if you need to make any adjustments so that you can settle in more comfortably. You might notice how you're sitting or if your feet are making contact with the ground or a surface. Just taking a moment to feel restful in this space. 
And on this new moon that we're taping this episode, we invite in the energies of always Luna and of the balancing solar energies. We welcome in the four directions and elements. So we hail and welcome North and our beloved Earth that we would feel grounded and safe and secure in this space, paying homage to our earthly bodies and earthly homes. Just letting go into this body for this time and just trusting our experiences. And giving a nod of thanks to all of those that, um, whose shoulders we stand on our, our ancestors, who have had their own earthly bodies at one time. And we welcome them into the circle. All of their wisdom and sharings that they would add energetically for the highest good. And we hail and welcome to the direction of east and air, letting our thoughts be light, letting our breath be deep and nourishing and sustaining. And it may be that there are some new beginnings that come as we sit and circle. Speaking of these topics, there may be some flow that wants to come as we speak about the ancestors and grieving work that might be a result of connecting with our loved ones or ancestors. And to whatever information might be new to your ears that you would embrace that in whatever way feels right to you. We move to the direction of south and the element of fire. Letting the fires burn bright inside our hearts and our minds. As we open to this experience, if there's anything that needs to be acknowledged that is in need of a little more fuel, a little more warmth, whether that's mind, body, or spirit. We ask that the guardians of fire would step into the circle and be with us and add their flame as they're part of the balanced whole. And we know that fire is a purifier and a cleanser. So if there's anything that we need to throw into those fires that clear, Let us be mindful to do that. And then finally moving to the west and the element of water where the sun sets and the light dies for a time. Embracing the shadows in the nighttime 
and all that comes with that, the wisdom, the womb time, gestation, the void, the place of stillness and quiet. knowing that we can find great healing and guidance in those places. Embracing that watery element that we find in the West and how it, it might help us with our flow or anything that needs to be cleansed or softened or moved through as the powerful force of water can move even the most stubborn resistances. And we are made up of water so much that we have a strong kinship with it, that it can remind us how to be easy with things go with the flow and it's a sacred commodity here that is very precious to us and so we invite in the presences above guardians angels master teachers we invite in the archetypes of goddess and god And if you'd like to take a moment to invite in any forces or beings that you work with, your own guides or teachers, feel free to do that. And of course, always the indwelling spirit, that core that lies within each of us that knows that it would also guide the words and the energy that is not only in this circle, but that because of this circle permeates outward into all that is. And so for all that we'll do and share in this circle, we're grateful that we have this time together and so mote it be. Blessed be. Blessed be. Mm -hmm. Lovely. And so we are um, eager to invite our guest in and welcome her to our space. Um, she's a longtime friend and sister. Um, we've done all kinds of different things over the years together. Um, how do we describe Caitlin? A beloved <laughs> sister, beloved sister, healer, mermaid, mom, um, dancer, connector. mover, cosmic connector, um, friend, a wise woman. I also Just, call her Catalyst Caitlin. She's the one that good one. brought Whole30 to me and got me to do my yoga teacher training. So she's yeah. my Catalyst. Yes. Well, I guess we all we all met through Serenity, right? So that's a connecting point. Um, I don't even know how long ago that was. Fifteen, Caitlin. How long have you been on, on it here? About eleven years. Yeah. About eleven. 
So I met you soon after you came back here, right? Yes, right then. From Colorado. Mm -hmm. And so Nico and you studied, my son Nico, who's 23 now, um, studied Reiki with <laughs> Caitlin <laughs> um, uh, when he was, I think, in like middle school or something, right? So that was within that time frame. Um, and so I think we all came together again through the healing arts. You know, that seems to be a big um, bringer together of uh, women with a mission here on earth to do amazing things. And so we welcome you into our space and maybe I can turn it over to Melissa to um, start a little bit of the sharing time with Caitlin, if you'd like. Uh, okay, do you, do you want to talk about Samhain first or do it after? Oh, I'm open to whatever's, whatever's. Yes, we can. So our topics today, we're going to talk about um, ancestors in a few different ways so that ancestors, our ancestors, um, and ancestors can mean our own personal ancestors, or it can mean like the ancestors that we talk about a lot in pagan tradition, like um, the ancestors that, that guide us um, from spirit. So it's the greater energy of uh, the, the wise knowing um, that um, helps to shape humanity's understanding of things and, and way of life and traditions. Um, and so um, many of us uh, that celebrate um, the divine feminine have made some kind of contact with um, paganism. Um, and, you know, goddess worship was a very pagan thing, a very polytheistic thing, um, if you look back at traditionally. And so a lot of us, when we start um, investigating that, understand that there are other ways to um, celebrate the course of the year. And with that comes something called um, the wheel of the year. And I have a wonderful ref uh, reference for those of you that are watching on video, you can see it'll be in our show notes, but it's a book called wheel of the year living the magical life. And it talks about the wheel of the year, which is um, really a, just an beautiful way to celebrate life it works with the seasons of the year the cycles of the year um, but it works with um, the equinoxes and the solstices and then what is called some cross-quarter holidays so there are eight different holidays that are celebrated um, within this tradition and the um, Celtic New Year actually begins on how what we Westerners call Halloween but um, it's also called Samhain, even though it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. It's not Samhain, it's called Samhain. And Samhain is um, a Celtic tradition of where we're really putting everything to bed. When you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense to me. Because when you think about the agricultural way that we used to live, we are really tied, much more tied than we are now to the earth. And so you know, all of the harvests would come in and it was the time to um, butcher the animals that you were going to keep, you know, to help sustain you through the long winter because it was a much different bringing in the peat or getting all of your fuel um, stored for the winter. And um, you were preparing for a time to be 
fairly isolated too because with the weather a lot of people weren't able to get out and see each other you know um, they didn't have snow plows and all that kind of stuff so it was a really it was a very inward time and so as it got darker as the season um, got shorter the sun shone for less amount of time each day um, so too would your spirit draw inward you know so you'd be spending time more not only physically inward but spiritually inward and so this time of Samhain um, was a time of closure and new beginning and they always were very conscious to connect with the their ancestors and their people you know their tribe and it's thought uh, traditionally that the um halloween represented a time where the passage between our two worlds was um open the passageways uh liminal phase or threshold it's also called but it was a time where um, our ancestors could come and visit us and so there's a lot of lore a lot of history a lot of um, traditions around that uh, like a lot of the traditions around you know wanting to keep out spirits that you didn't want that might come knocking at your door is like where the tradition of the jack-o-lantern came from which um, was originally a turnip it was not a pumpkin so it was a jacko um, turnip um, and there's lots and lots of traditions like putting candles in the windows for example you know to beckon in light but keep out um, any um, mischief mischievous or spirits that you didn't want knocking on your door per se but um, a lot of um, pagan or not even pagan but um, I was, was going to say that in Mexico they have a or Latin tradition is uh, Dia de la Muerte, the Day of the Dead, um, and they will uh, go to the grave sites and decorate the grave sites with um, marigolds and candles and bring food and um, spend the night there, you know, doing vigils, like celebrating their ancestors. And some traditions um, have something called the Dumber Supper, where they place an empty place setting at the dinner table to, and um, they'll you know, tr treat that plate as for all the ancestors. And so they are remembering them in that way. And it's a great time um, to be contemplative about, you know, take, look at your year, you know, what reflect on your year and all of the things that happened in the course of that year, and then put it to bed, you know, and then think about what do you, um, in the dark season, what seeds do you want to plant you know for the coming year in spring because the next big celebration for us comes um at in bulk or use milk or um, um the spring equinox you know so you have that winter time to kind of plant seeds and go deep and um it's a time often of storytelling and rest and coming and sitting around the fire and communing. Um, so a lot of us have lost that part of it, you know, the rest and the slowing down and the being in the inward space and the dream time it's called, um, or it's, um, it could even be called womb time, you know, womb time, spending time, um, getting to know the seasons more intimately that way and us as part of, the earth and part of all of that energy uh, can be really transformative. Um, so it's it's a very natural thing to do um, when you live close to the earth, but feels very foreign in um, like the world that we live in for a lot of people. So I remember when I first was learning these traditions, I was like, again, Melissa, we've said this before, like, where was this all my life? Why didn't I know about these things? This makes so much sense, you know, but uh, because with the coming of electricity and with modern 
right? Inventions, we really got away from the cyclical nature of life because you can have light on 24 hours a day if you want to. You can drive anywhere as long as you have gas in your tank and you can get there, you know, so they're really, they're, we've um, lost a sense of um, that immediacy that comes with what happens in each season, you know? So it's, it's a good time. Um, if you're curious about it, you, this would be a great time to explore doing something like that, experiment with um, one of the things uh, that you can do is just purposely turn off all the lights in the house and sit in stillness and see what that feels like, you know, wait till it gets dark and then have a candle that you light when you're ready to invite it back in, but to experience with darkness and light and, um, ex you know, experiment with um, this whole idea of transition and threshold and um, being with uh, that which is not seen, you know, um, calling in the ancestors. So maybe for this actual Halloween, when it comes, um, or Samhain, you could experiment with some of these um, ancient old practices and feel into them and see what soul memory you might have with them, because um, you do have soul memory, you know, you do have um, the imprint of the ancestors within the cells of this body, um, of all the ancestors that have ever been, not only in your line, but um, humanity, you know, humanity, just the soul of humanity. So I guess those are the first things I would riff on about that. What else? Yeah, and I, I do think there are a lot of cultures still really connect to their ancestors. You know, I've seen Buddhism and I've seen other, other countries like mm -hmm. Asian countries really still lighting yeah. incense for their ancestors, putting out um, offerings for their ancestors, having pictures on their, you know, their altars or their mantles. Um, so just really keeping the ancestors much more in their lives. And I just, I do feel like in America, we're not so great at that. Um, I feel like some families do so put up pictures of the grandparents and the great grandparents and all that. So I, I know it's still happening in some places. So, um, yeah, I think the more that we can reconnect with that. And like you said, reconnect with the cycles of the season and really feel into like, maybe I do want to rest and maybe this winter I do want to take it easy and say no to things and really, you know, be one with the darkness and, and go deep. Um, it's really a great time. It's hard coming off of COVID to like think about doing that again, but I think that, um, mm. you know, we can do it in a way that still invites it in without having it feel claustrophobic, I guess. So um, in fact, it could be really that. liberating. Yeah. You know, because it's not like being forced on you. It's yes. like, yeah. And it's not, yes. And it's not about an illness or something that it's like, <gasps> you know, martial law. It's like, oh, wow. I never thought about having a relationship with this in that way, you know, um, I, I find I have found it over the, the years to be very extremely um, nourishing and deepening. Even if you just take like an afternoon, you know, maybe you can't see your way through to making it a regular practice when over the winter, but maybe um, it's enough to just try it once and see, try up setting aside some time to explore that. And, um, you know, if, if you do feel called to get this, this book, you can, maybe you do a little reading about it and there's lots of history and um, 
um, practices and things that you can do some rituals and, and crafts and stuff like that and foods to think about it's you know it's got a lot going on um, I also just wanted to hold up this book um, home altars of Mexico as we're talking about um, so for those of you that can see it it's uh, a whole book about home altars of Mexico and their photographs by Dana um, Salvo but again just the um, closeness that um, these uh, cultures have with their ancestors is just really beautiful um and if you are i'm going to hold up one more book because i was pulling i, I love your books deb you have the I best know. resources I, it's just well, <laughs> well if if caitlin is the cosmic connector i'm the librarian so yes ma'am <laughs> yeah so this one is um called the book of women's altars again we'll have it in the show notes um how to create sacred spaces for art worship solace celebration um and sometimes if like making uh an altar is new to you you can it's fun to look at examples of things that you can jump off of and say oh i never thought about that you know let me um let me incorporate that into something i might want to do so and i was joking um, with deb that when i saw the book the mexican book i was like oh my altar doesn't look quite so crazy and cluttered because <laughs> those are some seriously big altars there's some stuff going on. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I, they, you know, I don't know how much they clean between like or clear. If they think a lot, like a lot of times there's just dead flowers on it and they just put in the new ones. And, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a very interacted with, you know, so it's like a, it's some, they have daily altars, seasonal altars. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. We love altar work here. If you guys haven't guessed sure who are listening. We sure do. We sure do. So, um, and I did, I wanted to talk more about, you were talking about carrying our ancestors in our genes and um, we'll talk more about this with Caitlin. I know she's been experiencing this more too, is that I find a lot of my clients are working with their ancestral um, trauma. A lot of people are feeling like they're carrying things that aren't theirs but yet are still present in their body. It might be patterns, it might be um, physical holding patterns, it might be anxiety that they know that it's not stemming from stuff going on in their own lives. And so just exploring this idea. And so there's something called transgenerational trauma or intergenerational trauma. And it's about the collective trauma experienced by a group of people and that it, the effect it has on the generations that come after that group. So if we think about something like the Jewish Holocaust survivors, they're the, the, the generations that come after them are still carrying this fear. They're still carrying this persecution and this anxiety. Uh, if we think about our own ancestors, where they've come from, how many of us are here as first or second or third generation from people that emigrated, immigrated from their country and maybe had to leave, not because they wanted to, but because they had to, because there was famine or war or poverty. And so coming here and having to start a whole new life here, um, you know, those things that I think can get really carried down through our genes and through our tissues. And so there's a study, there's a, um, a field called epigenetics, which is really a study of how behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work. So they don't change the genes themselves. They don't reverse anything in your DNA, but they just have an effect on how things are expressed in your body. So um, we're definitely gonna talk more about that. Um, so I love this ancestral connection. Um, there's also a connection, and we're going to talk more about grief, that in the lungs, that this is where often our, our grief is carried. I do find it interesting that COVID has been 
attacking the lungs basically. So I think they're in between that all of that being carried through that we're also carrying this ancestral grief and this collective trauma as humanity um, in the lung area. So if you find like it's hard to breathe sometimes, you know, just really breathe into that and, and notice if there's maybe some grief behind it, because that's often the case. So, um, so yeah, let's bring in Caitlin and talk more about her grief work, what, how she got into it, what, what it is, um, what a client could expect. So, um, Caitlin, thanks for being so patient. Yes, yes. So yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself to start, please. Thank you, ladies. Um, I've been a massage therapist, a body worker for the past 12 years, um, mainly working with women, prenatal, postpartum, supporting during birth. Um, And then about four years ago, I started realizing that I also um, was holding space with women that were losing babies um, through miscarriage, struggling um, to get pregnant, losing children of all ages, and um, that I had more of a pull in this direction, as well as supporting as these babies are coming earthside and supporting these mamas Um, physically while they're labor and birthing, I also was supporting them during deep sadness and grief. And I needed to explore this more and I'm still exploring this more. Um, So I went down to a training in North Carolina with another dear um, massage therapist friend. And we worked with, um, a woman named Amy Taylor, and she is the Grief Institute, has the Grief Institute down in North Carolina and um, did more specialized training so that I could come back here to uh, my clients and be more of service to help them navigate their journey through grief. And this was well before March, 2020, when now um, I'm, finding and I'm hearing and I'm witnessing we're all grieving um, in one way or another. Um, And when we can begin to recognize that and allow ourselves to really tune in and connect with our physical body when um, we're so in our head and, and when we're so much in our heart that we need some time and space to be able to just be in the body. And by allowing the nervous system to settle through um, the gentle nurturing massage strokes and techniques, and also just targeting um, certain areas of the body and also not working certain areas of the body that we tend to hold more of um, the grief and trauma um, in the hips, especially for women, um, we stuff things down and maybe don't have a safe space to be able to um, really let it out. And by finding those spaces, by connecting back in with the body, the physical body, and then also finding the support, supportive networks around you, um, communities and sisterhoods and other practitioners and 
therapists and things like that. So, um, and by doing this work, I'm also noticing that I'm bridging a gap. There's a is amazing thing ha things happening um, in the space that I'm the sacred space that I'm creating with a client and. Um, there's been messages coming through um, from some of these um, spirits, some of these babies that have passed on and they're bringing messages for me to relay to their mamas. And it's, um, it's, been, it's been a part of my own growth to be able to share that freely and openly with um, with my clients, but it's also been received so well and so beautifully from them that I need to keep continue to do it mm -hmm. um, because it's bringing them such hope and such peace um, and also such joy amongst this deep grief and sadness and knowing that those two um, extreme polar opposites that the sadness and the joy can also live together within our bodies, um, the darkness and light, like we've mentioned already. So it's, I began, uh, you know, the journey began as massage, um, as a massage therapist, but I definitely find my work shifting um, more into an intuitive practitioner. Um, and I really feel that this grief piece um, there's so much to it. Also just movement in general, whether it's a daily walk or whether it's yoga, whatever the movement is, is so important to allow emotions to move and flow through our bodies when um, we're feeling the grief that is landing um, and where it's landing, but we know that it likes to hang out in the lungs for sure. So um, getting more connected with breath work. And when I have clients on the table, you know, really encouraging them to, to breathe down into their feet, breathe down into their belly and really moving the breath into other areas of the body. Cause we're all so um, shallow breathers and not really using our full expansion breath. So that's a little bit about my, um, that the, my work, but also um, back to the altars and connecting in with the ancestors. I have um, an altar, an ancestor altar um, that I have created over the last six months. And it's my maternal and my paternal grandparents. Um, and I have tea with them. I sit mm. and I have tea with them. And uh, it's been really beautiful to, you know, introduce my children to my ancestor altar and um, also just sit there and have tea and communicate um, with them now as they've passed and being on the other side, but really feeling like 
the lines of communication are being opened or being cleared. So then that's a definitely a big piece that I've been working on in my own life with breaking those patterns um, and then having my own children be a part of that um, and witness that. And so that the lines of communication can be more clearly opened um, as they grow in this world. Um, and there's like <laughs> snake skins on my altar. There's lots of dead flowers. There's, you know, bringing in all the elements. Um, so while you were talking about that, Deb, I was like, maybe I need to, to clear out that, clear that a little bit. But it's also like the more you add in, like it's just getting even that much more mm-hmm. rich and um, it's sacred. It's a sacred practice now that I do. And I almost feel like I have more of a connection with them now um, than I did when I was a younger child and, you know, really knew them and they were here in physical form, but I didn't have really the, the questions or I didn't have the, um, just the same relationship with them as I am doing now, I find it's much more of a sacred relationship that I'm creating with my ancestors um, now that they they have passed. So that's a little bit. So what does a session like if someone was to come to you, like what does that that look like or how what are some ways that that could look like? So it's still, uh, you know, it's an hour long session, um, but it's very much, you know, they're able to really dictate um, what their comfortable comfort level is. And it's a lot of, um, it can be done clothed. It can be, you don't have to um, use, I don't have to use oil, but it's very comforting to just lie down on the table and just kind of be held in sacred space. Um, I always light a candle if they're, if they're, um, you know, to to honor their the loved one that may have passed, um, and really bring that welcome in that that person into the space as well. Um, but it's light touch massage, very similar to a Swedish massage, but like I mentioned, you know, it's working on the upper body and then from the knee down, lots of grounding work on the feet, lots of reflexology, um, and then really gentle work on the head, neck, and shoulders, um, not working really on the chest or, abdomen or hips um, because those it's not meant for any type of emotional release to occur it's really just comfort nurturing um, time to connect in with the physical body through the healing touch rather than being in constant overload of the head and the heart Um, so it's an escape from from the head and the heart for even five minutes, a half hour, 60 minutes, you know, oftentimes I have clients say that that's the 
the most rested they've felt, or that's the most um, sleep they they were able to take a nap, and that's the most sleep they've had in a long time. So just very nurturing to the nervous system, allowing the body to just go to that restful space um, when there's the busyness in the world constantly, you know, Sometimes, you know, sometimes we're, we can't even grieve. It may not be happening um, for maybe years after um, that someone's finally acknowledging that there's a discomfort that they're having in their shoulder. And, you know, it may, they may find that it actually stems to, um, to, to grief. Old, older grief, um, and then being able to work through that. So, and is there a shamanic piece that you're bringing into it now? Did I understand that right? I know you have some shamanic work that you're doing. Yeah, so really bringing in all the elements, um, tying in the body work, but really connecting into mother earth and really bringing in the elements from nature, from the animals and really feeling connected um, with just opening our eyes more um, to the natural world around us, but being able to really kind of connect in with that while we're in sacred space um, you know, during having body work and just really opening our up to our intuition, our inner wisdom, our the inner knowing, the the deep, the deeper um, parts of ourself that sometimes we aren't really able to connect into. But during body work is a beautiful time to be able to really listen in and have that deeper connection. Um, with ourselves and with the world around us so that we can feel more of that joy. It's such a natural, go ahead, Melissa. I would say, I feel like um, a lot of times people might dissociate from their bodies if they don't want to feel the feelings and the, the grief and the sadness and everything else that accompanies that. And so I love that you're offering that safe place for them to come back into their bodies in a safe way to access parts of themselves that may have been closed off for a while, knowing that you're holding sacred, a sacred container for them to do that is just beautiful. So, and I love, and I feel like nature is very healing. So just pulling in that piece as well is just amazing. Absolutely. So um, I was going to ask what, what have you learned about grief that has surprised you from your work? really um that it that it doesn't have to be scary that it's not um that it's yeah it it doesn't have to be frightening like it can it can be um it can be ugly um but it doesn't it's nothing to fear um or to really run from rather actually just, you know, 
confront it, um, be with it, sit with it, have tea with it, um, find, you know, find a, a, a body worker that has um, an understanding of grief or um, has, a, has a connection with it that can kind of help navigate, help you navigate it. Because none of us have the perfect roadmap or answers to how, and everyone's grief is different. Um, but just being able to sit with it and be with it and ease some of it and that it doesn't have to um, be something that we fear or that we're afraid of or that we run from. You know, I, I just wanted to circle back to this con connection seems to be the word coming to me, connecting. And <clears throat> when you were talking about bringing in the elements, I think, um, and Melissa, to your point about the disconnection, feeling disconnected from our bodies, working with the elements, I had this sense of another aspect of um, the plight of humanity right now being really disconnected from what we're like literally made of, you know. I mean, we are starshine and we are ash and we are dirt and we are water. And, um, you know, when you bring those elements into your session, how people can re like literally remember what they're made of and like sink into the fact that, oh, yeah. And there's so much depth and wisdom that those allies hold in the healing process that can be revealed. So, you know, there's this element of, you being the way shower, but there's also this innate wisdom within the, the being that's on that table, you know, that gets to surface and gets to reunite with itself like, oh, yeah, you know, I've, and grieving, I think, is a doorway for that connection point. So wanted to say, because I've been working with, um, I also do organizing. We try to take a very holistic approach. And we actually were talking about grief the other day and how it might present in a client who's trying to declutter their home or, you know, finally get rid of grandma's old dresser. But we also just were talking about how grief, you can have grief even for happy things happening, right? So maybe you get married or maybe you have a child. And guess what? That old person that you were before is, yeah, they're still there, mm -hmm. but really it's like you're transitioning to a different place in your life. So I think there's always some form of grief that any one of us is dealing with at any time. So I love, Caitlin, that you're encouraging people to really be with it, have tea with it, like really just welcome the, it's the, really the shadow side, which is, this is a perfect time of year to do that, right, is to really be with that, you know, not so happy feeling with it and do it for as long as you can and then step away and take a breather and let it integrate and then, then they can come back to it, so um, what do you give your clients any homework or if they, they want to work with this at home, are there things they can do safely? Um, it's breath work. Yeah. I would definitely say, um, encouraging the movement, um, you know, gentle leisurely walks or some yoga, um, and definitely breath work, really tapping in and connecting mindfully with the breath um, a few times a day. Um, but definitely when any of these big feelings um, are arising to really just pause wherever you are and breathe down into the feet, ground yourself, connect yourself in your physical body um, and just 
you know, take some, some slow mindful breaths and bring yourself back into your body when everything's are pulling you away or when you're feeling very overwhelmed um, with emotion. Yeah, I do find that with clients that they tend, and I do this myself, right? We start feeling those strong feelings and all of a sudden we're just like, you know, our breath comes up in our chest. We're like guarding and holding and we're not breathing anymore. And if we can get them to drop in and breathe into that, then a lot of times the emotions will come out and they'll be released or they might have an unwinding. So it's really, I love that you're talking about breath work too. And I think that's a huge practice that we can bring into our own grief work as well. So thank you. Yeah, I see it as, as a... Um it's so needed now like you you know you mentioned the um just COVID and how there's a collective grief going on and how it's really everybody is in need of some form of this you know so it's great to have people that are like you that are um taking on formal training and being able to you know share a pathway with um people in the way that you are but you know there's there's this I found myself breathing deeper just here breathing I'm like yes yes, yes. so i'm sitting so, here listening to you guys and i'm like yep remember to breathe i'm gonna right. go walk the labyrinth when we get done taping this you know it's like, yes. like yes i'm saying yes. yes inside myself to all of this so i'm sure anybody uh in our audience can, will be able to relate to this because it is something that um that we all share right it's something that we all share you know this, yep, um... even the healers need the healing so <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I often so it was interesting earlier in my career I would often find myself breathing out loud and I was like oh I must be I must be holding my breath I must be needing a breath and after a while I discovered I was breathing on behalf of the client and mm -hmm. so now I'm very purposefully taking audible breaths not like you know Darth Vader type things but mostly <laughs> you know just like a nice inhale and a nice sigh or just like kind of letting it out and so many times when I do that, then the client joins me and it's a very, um, you know, sweet way to invite them to breathe with me or not, <laughs> or they just think I'm strange. I don't know. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Caitlin, how do you take care of yourself? Cause this can probably be really heavy work and we love to uh, bring in self-care here. So um, if you don't mind sharing some things you do to um, take care of yourself, maybe right after a session or in general. Yeah. Um, well, right after um, a session, of course, we, you know, we wash prior to the session, we, we wash our hands right away after the session, but I'm often like, you know, water is so sacred to, to me and to all of us as we, um, but really like that washing after, um, it's just really letting go of all that is not mine and just allowing that to just flow um, from me out of me and just be cleared away and cleansed. Um, today after a session, I was able to jump in the ocean. So that was like full body um, clearing, which was really and extra special, but lots of, um, as soon as I'm done work or even in between clients, I get outside and have my bare feet um, in, on the grass and I touch trees and, you know, maybe I'll even hug the trees, but really just like, again, getting back to nature as much as possible. Um, 
and just being, um, being present in my own body. Um, I do get regular acupuncture work. I do get regular um, massage and chiropractic work as well. So, um, but even back to the, the seasons and just going more inward and slowing down and listening in like Monday this week, it was kind of a rainy day here in New England. Um, and I really just gave myself like half of the day and as a mom of, you know, younger children, that's pretty precious to, to have like a chunk of hours, um, and that aren't filled with either doing errands or doing a self-care act like I did, because I do those quite a bit, but it was just sitting in my own home, in my own quiet space. Um, I got into a book, but I also just like sat there for a time too. And I didn't do yoga and I just didn't do anything. And I just, it felt really nice to just um, sit and just be. Yeah. And I'm also, I often encourage my clients to just be when they're on the massage table. And it's a good reminder for myself to just allow myself to, to be here now in my own space, in my own home, um, but not trying to organize a a counter or prepare dinner, like just be. And it was so nourishing um, and it was so beneficial um, for me to kind of start my week with mm -hmm. some of that time and space. And I think that it it is because of the season changing and um, it was that kind of like grayer, rainier, wet day. Um, so, I let myself just have that. Me, I do notice when the sun's out more, I do like want to run outside and be out in that more. So I'm really taking in those um, cues and from mother nature and from um, the seasons more so now in my life. Um, now that I've reached 40 and young, have young children that are getting a little older and as a yoga and um, body work, practitioner it's like really honoring the signs of the season and sharing that um with my yoga students and and clients as well because when you when you're invited to tune inward and to you know start to allow things to let go in the fall season with the leaves and just this time for transformation and transition we start to really sink into that and be like, yes, this makes sense that, um, you know, summer has winded down and we're now in fall and we're now gonna um, tune inward more and listen in more deeply and begin to um, prepare for the long, long cold winter. Mm -hmm. Love that. And I know, Caitlin, you've been working really hard at your self-care and it's about we, you know, we have to set those boundaries, especially as self-employed, like really making that space for ourselves, not feeling guilty that, yeah, I could probably squeeze a client in here, but really I need to take care of myself right now. So I really admire your commitment to that. Like you said, as your kids get older and you're getting older. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did, I did want to touch a little more on the ancestral stuff. Is that okay? 
Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, I had pulled up a quote because earlier this year I had um, read The Wild Feminine by Tammy Lynn Kent, which talks a lot about women and their pelvises and how we, again, are pretty disconnected as a society from our bodies and especially from our wombs. And I do feel like a lot of the ancestral work that I've been working on for myself also comes from that place. And she actually has a great chapter on reclaiming your inheritance. And so I just wanted to read a quote and really dive in a little bit deeper. I know that um, Caitlin's been experiencing this more with her clients. Maybe Deb has um, other things that she's experienced, but in connecting to the ancestors. So our body represents a point in time on a long flow of life energy that includes the past energy of our ancestors and the energy of those who will come after us. Disruptions in our bodily energy flow often result from broken family lines that were not fully repaired. And again, I had mentioned, you know, maybe our families have gone through poverty, through war, through grave illness. Perhaps we were slaves in our past, um, just traumas in general, displacement from homes for various reasons, either wanted or unwanted. So, um, and, you know, I've been trying to connect with my ancestors. I don't have a whole lot of information about them, which makes me a little sad. So what I've been trying to do instead is I know I'm part Lithuanian and I'm part Scottish and Irish. And so I've been trying to explore those countries a little more, explore some of their histories. Um, I, I had this amazing discovery that my hometown has a Lithuanian cemetery, which I never even knew. And I've lived here, you know, since I was six. So um, I think for those of us who maybe don't know our ancestors, I love what Caitlin's done with putting their pictures on the altar. And I feel like even if we don't necessarily know them or have stories about them, that there are still ways that we can connect energetically with our past. And so in this idea, the left side, our feminine side is also often our mother line. And then our right side, our masculine side is often associated with the father line. Um, Tammy Lynn Kent does talk about that some people feel it the opposite way. Um, so really it's what your intuition tells you. But um, so there's, you know, ways we can work within our bodies. And for me, I carry a lot of my um, injuries on my left side and I have my own history of my mother line. So I do feel like there's a big connection with the body and through my ancestral work. And so what I've been trying to do is ask my own ancestral line, the people who the ancestors that want to be there for my highest good and for my protection to please come in and help me heal whatever it is that, that needs to be healed. And I've found some amazing healing through that. And now I'm finding my clients. I'm attracting clients who are also working with their ancestral. And again, they may not know the whole story or why they're feeling these things, but they know is coming from the ancestors. And so that work tends to be very profound, very deep. Um, I've been connecting in a way that I've been also kind of unwinding on their behalf, which is a whole nother podcast, but um, just these things of like someone felt like they were being stabbed in the back, maybe in a past life or in their ancestral line. So really accessing ancestors through the body. Um, so Caitlin, I don't know if you wanna chat a little more about that with some recent experiences that you've been having and obviously we keep things confidential, but um, maybe speaking in more general ways about it. Yeah, I often um, bring it to my client's attention for sure um, when they have discomforts or more tightness um, in on one side of the body than the other, or if they're um, 
they're commenting on the discomfort that they're having on one side. And I like to remind them of the masculine and feminine sides um, and how we can hold things um, there. And yeah, um, a, a lot with the grief work in particular, I've mentioned the heart and the chest, of course, where a lot is so heavily held in those areas um, and we're protecting, we're rounding our shoulders inward, we're wearing our armor on up in our thoracic spine and up in through the chest. Um, but yeah, really gently and nurturing with safe, loving touch um, when I'm working there's definitely been um, some time when I've noticed myself almost wanting to shed tears. Um, it's very common that even though um, in the grief work, it's not meant or intended for any type of emotional release to occur, but it can happen. Um, or for myself, the more, um, I'm working deeply with um, a client in this safe, sacred space that um, it'll just actually arise, like, arise, come out of nowhere. But just this sudden feeling of, I may burst into tears right now, or something is really moving. Um, the energy is really moving. Um, and wonder, noticing, you know, is this mine? What is this? And but this is safe, and just allowing it to to happen, so that um, and also sharing that with the client, so that they also can be aware of it and brought into, um, you know, whether whether they everything got heavy for them or whether they all of a sudden felt this huge um, lift of of the heaviness. Um, yeah, so it's really pretty powerful to be able to um, tap in. And this is working with, with certain um, clients over a period of time. This isn't necessarily like this is the first time I'm working with this client. So um, many of these clients and women that I've worked with, I it's been years. Um, throughout and births and um, we're all still doing our own work though and trans transforming and and shifting and growing and on our journey so um, yeah so that's been definitely a really nice additional piece to start exploring with clients when it's coming up yeah. Deb, is there anything you wanted to add into that? Well, just listening to you guys, you know, the mediumship work that I do is extremely ancestral. You know, it's it's oftentimes that's what we do. And interestingly enough, just recently, a um, gal that I've known for a long time came and um, 
uh, had a miscarriage and the baby came, you know, to speak to her because she had questions. And so we were actually able to have a dialogue about questions the father had, questions she had, and, you know, oftentimes it's why, you know, and so there are these um, dialogues that we can have um, that help to bring peace. And, you know, there's a, the same sacred space that you hold doing body work you do when you do mediumship or um, reading work. And so there are energetic healings that the, the, these beings bring with them for the people when they're sitting. So it's, a, it's not that we're just talking, there's multi-dimensional levels of healing that happen when someone comes to sit. So even though there's not physical body work going on, they are getting healing, even though it would appear to be talking. There's so much else going on, like what you're talking about, how unfurling or moving energy, you know, kind of that's that quality of moving energy with the client that um, might be them keening or grieving for them. And um, oftentimes I'll get chills or I tear up because I can feel, you know, as an empathetic person, but I can feel the energy that the spirit is giving me to pass to the person um, or um, describing uh, the power of it because it's a really important message. It comes through me physically, you know, to, so if it's grieving, I might be feeling that in a certain place in my body to describe to them, you know, if there is that feeling of that. Um, and sometimes, um, spirits come through or family members or ancestors um, because they have, um, you know, messages that uh, no one living knows about that has to do with the history of the family or like Melissa, you were talking some of the broken lines. So I've done that kind of healing work. It's kind of a combination of shamanic work, but also um, when I do the spiritual counseling work, I mean, those are places where we do that threshold work like you're talking about. So it can definitely involve grieving. It, it often does. And um, Caitlin used that word joy, like a lot of people might think, how does that fit together? But it does when you can connect the person with, um, you know, a spirit that they've lost or a family member or whatever. There, it's those two are symbiotic, I think, a lot of times. And I've experienced that time and time again, where it's like a reunion, you know, I had um, a woman who lost her husband like 21 years ago recently come in and she still had questions for him and, you know, they, they, um, they're right there and they've got like, you know, what do you want to know and, but there is this kind of reunion energy and this, um, you can see the release, you know, you can see people's body change when they receive it and um, when they have the opportunity to in a, like you said, Caitlin, a safe place, you know, things can happen um, that are transformative in that space. And, you know, we all, all three of us have very different practices, but we, we might have similar experiences through them when it comes to grieving or moving energy, um, because all of this is energy, you know, I think, ultimately. So yeah, it's profound. And it's such a, an amazing honor. Um, you know, even after like almost 30 years, it's always such an honor to sit with someone in that place and, um, you know, be a, offer that opportunity, you know. Beautiful. Anything else? I think we've done a lot of good work here, ladies. <laughs> yeah. So Caitlin, how can people find you? I know obviously local people will be easier to get in person with you. And I'm sure that 
I'm hoping that there are probably practitioners in other places we could put in the show notes about how people can find yeah. a grief mm -hmm. worker near them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, there are, there are some of us here in Massachusetts and, um, and definitely always looking to connect with more in, um, our area, um, because it's such important work for, for us as body workers to be really focusing in on and tuning into and specializing in, um, but yeah, I have a practice in North Andover and um, my business page on Facebook is Belly Mama's Massage. Um, I'm old school, I guess. I don't have a website <laughs> while I was thinking about this. I don't even have a website. To That's say. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm... I'm here. So, well, you know, I work in a chiropractic office wellness space right now. And so oftentimes I'm, you know, I'm being, people are finding me through um, coming into her, her space and seeing my card or finding my card at um, a yoga studio or just being tuned in or in the community. Um, I'm, you know, Great. Great. Well, thank you for doing this yeah. work. It's very powerful and very much needed. So it's an honor. Blessed be. Blessed be. Mm. Yeah. Yes. May all, may all who you touch be blessed as well. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So I think it's card picking time. <laughs> so we thought it would be appropriate to work with the Wildwood Tarot, an old, old friend of mine, and um, a lot of folks um, are familiar with it, but it's very much about uh, working with the ancestors and the Celtic, Celtic tradition. So we thought that that would be a good one for us to um, bring into the circle today. So while um, I've been shuffling and just happened to go ahead and, and pull um, our card for the next month that we'll focus on um, definitely feels like it fits in with what we're working with. It's called the four of stones and protection. And so you can see this little deer that's under oh. this dolmen. And I don't know if you can see the stars in the sky, but it's kind of like that twilight threshold space. Can you see it? Okay. Yeah. It feels very womb like. Yeah, that's beautiful. And you can see the um, etching on the stones, the mm -hmm. sacred symbols on the stones. Mm -hmm. So as is our way, um, we like to tune in a little bit to it and see if there's any brief messages. And it really does feel, you know, protection, protection of the ancestors of the land, you know, the earth, like the dolmen sign there and of the sweetness and innocence, like with the, um, the Bambi, the fawn, right? Um, but also like the promise and the connection of like that, what is it, a sunset and the stars above. I love the connection. There just feels like a real connection there. And it does feel really safe, doesn't it? It feels like a, I could cozy up in that spot and hang out there. And then of course, yeah, dear magic, you know, gentleness right it's like the they could be the um, patron saint of our um, 
podcast. You know, when you think about the deer and the energy of the deer and <laughs> Caitlin and I have a huge connection to deer. So it's like, oh my goodness. Well, hello, friend. <laughs> I mean, no accidents, right? Always a reminder of gentleness and sweetness. And um, I, I just think there's so many, there's so many um, energies to deer. You could go on and on and on, but um, you know, you think of their providers. I mean, they are like, when you think about the indigenous peoples, they're great providers to us as a people. And so there's another link to the land. Um, those are some of the first things I think of, but what, what do you, you women see when you, you look at it or feel into it? Yeah, I'm, I am feeling that womb big time here and I'm feeling there's a couple of things. So one of them is that not only are we connected with ancestors, but also what are we passing down our own lineage? Mm. And this like this baby, this young deer of like, how can we protect that soul as it moves mm, forward and hopefully beautiful. heal some of this past trauma as it goes into its phase of life? Um, and like Caitlin was do talking about just going in deep and cozying in and just being quiet and serene and not doing anything else, but just being, that's what it feels like for the readers too, really connecting. Like Deb said, we're going into that darker time of the year, perfect time to go in. And, and also there's a tenderness, like connecting with those tender feelings inside. And I feel like grief is definitely can be one of those feelings. Mm. So beautiful. Yeah. How about you, Caitlin? What do you, what do you feel? It, um, very much nurturing and grounding, um, but also that beautiful orange light at that sunset behind it. Like there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of, um, real, um, there's the light. Um, and the, the, on there like she doesn't look scared or she doesn't look um frightened so just um the darkness there's the darkness amongst the light there's the light amongst the darkness and just to be grounded and present and um face it that 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 deer is looking straight on mm. and um just really stepping into that and um moving moving forward from that place of grounded and safety and feeling nurtured and supported awesome beautiful great Thank impressions you. from everybody yeah so let's see um we have our question right that we want to yes. ask hmm. um i'd love to know how people are going to connect with their ancestors mm. I uh, put my grandmother's ring on. I can't, I think it's my, my dad's side, but I have, I put it on for the podcast and pulled out my, um, I forget what this is called. I have to look up the name of it, but it's a stone that's supposed to be ancestral. Um, it begins with an A maybe. Agate. Yes. Agate. Mm -hmm. So I've been. A black uh, lace agate maybe. Yeah. I have that out as well. So, um, but I want to keep, I do want to try and make some Lithuanian food in the near future nice maybe some nice. like stuffed cabbage rolls or something but mm -hmm. um yeah let me know invite me over for dinner <laughs> <laughs> i love cabbage rolls <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah so how about you nice. deb how you're gonna connect with your ancestors I, um 
I don't know. I feel like this year, so the passing of my parents is a year, just a year. Um, they died within three weeks of each other. And I don't really feel like I, I mean, I don't know. I talking about all this has brought up a lot of things for me to think about. So it may be um, that I do a little bit more, do like a particular altar. Um, but, you know, I have been working with skulls since I got sick in a very deliberate, like, here's one of the little, like I'm around skulls all the time, <laughs> which is very ancestral to me, you know, and, and it, it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. This was the one I, I had on like, my altar for you when you were going through your brain surgery uh, and stuff. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we have skulls in the house, you know, so <laughs> I, I make a connection with that skulls and the ancestors, but just, you know, the whole passage of, of things. But um, you were just making me think, I, I it's funny, it might, might have been my dad today because I was really feeling a hankering to make, we, so we're from, my parents and our ancestry uh, immediate is from the South. And so one of the things that they make are soup beans. And I love soup beans and my father made awesome soup beans. So it's pinto beans that you cook down and um, you know, you can add like onions or potatoes to it. And it just makes this, you, you know, put some butter, olive oil and salt and pepper. It's very simple, but it's very nourishing. And it's just like, oh, when you eat it, it just like right into the bones, you know, it's just good soul food. And cornbread, of course, is another huge thing that they do. My father gave me, you know, I have my family's pans, the cast iron skillet uh -huh. ones, you know, and, you know, of course, the recipe is, there's not about like, it's like not a tablespoon. It's like, well, you know, I don't know, put in this much, put in that much. So <laughs> it's not a real, real, um, it's like your grandmother's recipe, right? Where nothing is, is measured. It's just a little of this or that much of that. So I'm thinking I need to do some food or some nourishing food and maybe make a, um, an altar with some of the pictures that I have that I brought back home from that time. So, yeah. Okay, Sit we'll do a potluck. Them. We'll have okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and I do love me some cornbread. Make sure it has lots of butter. So mm -hmm. you got it. <laughs> and Caitlin, you, you're Caitlin? already doing some work there. Sounds like you're yeah. in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to continue to sit and have tea with um, with my ancestors. But I also did love, um, you know, the 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 setting a place at the dinner table and having that place. So I think that I'm going to um, bring that, that in as well. And I think that my children, my eight and five-year-old will, will get a kick out of that. But I also think that that's a really nice way to really um, bridge that, that gap and, and have them bring them up having more of a connection with their own ancestors um, and having a more a respect and a, um, um, a sacredness and a space for that, because mm -hmm. that's, I think that'll, that'll help, um, with, um, the, the communication and the, the clearing of old patterns, um, that I'm working on with my ancestors and, um, with my children. So, yeah, we're going to set a place for them at the dinner table. Nice. I and I, I do want to say that our ancestors also have gifts for us, right? There's, and again, Tammy Lynn talks about this in her book as well. Like maybe you're a farmer because that was in your blood and that was like, you're such a great 
I know Deb's a great farmer. I don't know if that came from her ancestral past, but um, just really different ways, different gifts that we have. I feel like my family looking back now, there were a lot of empaths, there were a lot of sensitivity and a lot of that had to be protected and guarded and not shown. So I really feel like that has come down through my line and I really didn't appreciate that until I did this work. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so looking at the gifts as well. For sure. Yeah, I think that's very important. I know I wasn't until I was in my 40s till my father told me my my grandmother, his mother was a midwife and his mother's mother was a midwife and they were herbalists and healers. And I'm like, what? How did I not know this? He's like, oh yeah, everybody that was born on the mountain. My, my mother, Lola was her name and um, Melviney were the midwives. I'm like, you know, I still get chills. I'm like, but okay, but dad, I've been doing, how, I'm not a midwife per se, but it's like, I've been doing healing work. I've been studying herbs. I've been, so then, you know, it launched into this whole other type. And then the farming is a whole nother thing, you know, the plants and stuff, but it's definitely really good things that came through the blood, you know, the bloodline, the bloodline. So that's a whole nother huge place of it. Yeah, that a place of connection. And then I'll just say briefly, we did a pilgrimage back to where the mountain where my people were from on my dad's side and took Nico up there. And that was an extraordinary experience because you can't, you had, we had to take like a four wheel truck and drive up the mountain through the woods where there's no roads. It was crazy, crazy. I mean, there were, Nico was hanging off the back of the truck. <laughs> he's like ditching like branches that are hitting them and he's, you know, it was just insane. And the house was gone, but like, I could feel it. Like my dad was like pointing out, I planted that pear tree, you know? So it's like to come full circle. And for my kid to see that, cause I'd never seen it. I'd never been on the mountain. And I was, like I said, you know, this is only a couple of years ago, but to meet like relatives I hadn't met and hear all of these other stories. And we actually taped my father telling all these stories. And my father's like a master storyteller. So, um, all of that now is part of our heritage and all of that is part that we had access to. We were able to have access to that, but like, you know, I never, I wished that I would have known Melviney and I wished that I would have had that relationship with my grandmother that I could have taken that in, but it's kind of like in me anyway, you know, so they, so it is there. It's not lost. That good stuff is there. And we can just be so grateful because I can carry that forward. And I made, you know, sure that I, we got Nico in the garden and that I teach him about herbs and, you know, he knows Reiki and, you know, carry on what you know to carry on. And he takes it seriously because he's the last male D'Onofrio in the line, you know, so like m what my people can give him and what Steve's people can give him, you know, he's, he is a, a, a carrier, a, a keeper. He's a keeper of that, you know? So we do take that very, uh, I don't know if the word is seriously, but it has meaning for us. Yeah. Thank you. Vicky. Yeah. Well, and that's why you're such a great storyteller. We can thank you for that. <laughs> I don't hold a candle to my dad, but I do like to hear a story and I like to write a story. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right, sisters. So it's time. Oh. It's time. Well, I did before we open up the circle again, I just wanted to thank Caitlin. Thank you so much for coming on and being so open and authentic. And again, thank you for the work you're doing in the world and bless you with that. 
Yeah. And I just, I'm gl glad that now listeners and um, I'm glad that you had the opportunity to sit in this leadership position and share from this work that you're doing that I think is leading edge work, you know, and uh, that our community has this you as this resource. And um, I love like, you know, the ripples that'll go out from this podcast and who knows where they'll end up, but it was a wonderful syner synergy of energy hearing um, from, you know, all of us about this and learning more about how you were drawn to this work and now are manifesting it. So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, sisters. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you'd like to close your eyes one more time, feeling the ripples of this beautiful conversation, feeling the welcoming touch of our ancestors, the gifts they have to share with us. And even in perhaps the things that don't feel like gifts, there are also gifts. So thank you what came before. Help us to be good stewards of our ancestral lines if we are passing down to our children and our grandchildren. And even if we're not mothers and fathers, that we're still passing down our lineage to others around us. And so releasing the elements, beautiful air, the fall air, Beautiful summer fire transitioning to fall, the pagan fires keeping us warm through the winter. Water to cleanse and clear and continue to heal our lines. And beautiful earth, thank you for your harvest. Thank you, Mother Earth, for all that you do for us. Your constant love and grounding and support. The eternal mother, unconditional love. And just thanking ourselves for taking time for ourselves, for time for our self-care, time for our spiritual development, time to connect with divine feminine, all the gods and goddesses and healing masters and our ancestors. And so go out into the world and continue to share your gifts with everyone and may you be blessed. Okay. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, in closing, if you resonated with our messages from Spirit today and want to dive in deeper, um, we are offering the two by two Reiki and reading combined sessions via Zoom. And in these nurturing and grounded sessions, you will receive Reiki and intuitive messages from both of us. So when we collaborate, we amplify the energy that comes through us and also heighten our intuitive receptivity. And in this way, you will have two times the input and synergistic, synergistic energy to guide you and help you regain balance in whatever ways you may need. And you can learn more about it if you go to HarmonyIntegrativeBodyWork.com. Thank you. Okay. And again, we'll share all these resources in the notes if you'd like to find your own grief, grief body worker. So thank you. Yeah. Okay, ladies. Well, blessed be and have a magical and powerful and connected October and Samhain celebration. Yeah. 
Yeah, and we'll uh, see you back here in November. Yeah. We will. Okay. Right. And thanks again, Caitlin. You're beautiful. Yeah, as ever. Thank you for joining our circle today at Wild Magic Harmony. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to our podcast, star us, and comment wherever you listen to our podcasts. Feedback is our friend, so please drop us a love note and tell us how you're tending your sacred soul at wildmagicharmony at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Wild Magic Harmony is created and produced by Deborah Fay and Melissa Belliard, with original artwork by Deborah Fay and original music by Melissa Belliard.